Welcome to the Sadler Lectures podcast. Responding to popular demand, I'm converting my philosophy videos into sound files you can listen to anywhere you can take an MP3. If you like what you hear and want to support my work, go to patreon.com sadler. I hope you enjoy this lecture. There is a short and not completely worked out, but very important discussion of what we would call the philosophy of action in Aristotle's Nicomachean Ethics Book 6 that deals with the relations between the intellectual, the desirous, or the affective, and human action. If you're really interested in this, another place that you can go to 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 see a similar treatment with a little bit more discussion of how it connects with other things would be Aristotle's De Anima, or On the Soul, and also the rhetoric can be useful in, in looking at these matters. That said, the Nicomachean Ethics discussion of it is fairly self-contained, and we're going to look at, at that as sort of the prime example. So Aristotle asks at one point, which of these prime contenders, as he says, a curiotates, right, produces actions? And the word there for actions is praxis, meaning distinctively human actions. He's going to exclude the realm of mere stimulus response that he thinks that a lot of animal action is engaged with. Uh, Which of these produce actions and thereby produces what we can call practical truth? If you're not understanding what practical truth means, you can take a look at the video specifically specifically on truth in thought or or in theory and in action that we've done. So he proposes three contenders at this point. And one of these is, uh, he uses two different terms here that are often synonymous for Aristotle. Intellect or thought. Don't mix this up, by the way, with the, the virtue, the intellectual virtue that we sometimes translate as intellect. He's not talking about that here as nous, but rather the sort of capacity that we have for, for intellection in general. Nous or dianoia. Dianoia is a word coming from nous. And so they're they're really, you know, you might think, our thinking about things. Is it our thinking about things that produces our actions and what we have of practical truth? Or is it something else? Another possibility, desire or affectivity, the Greek term for that is oresis. Aristotle actually distinguishes several kinds of oresis. There is, you know, for example, the physical desires that we feel for pleasures, some of them also for mental pleasures. There is the thumos, which, you know, encompasses things like anger, the rivalrous emotions. And then there is bulaosis, the will or wish, which orients us towards ends. All the other forms of affectivity tend to orient us towards ends as well, not always the best ends. And then finally we have perception, eistasis. And eistasis covers a lot of ground. We tend to think of just our senses like sight and touch. Those are particular forms of eistasis. But Aristotle uses this term eistasis in two other very important ways in the Nicomachean Ethics and in other works. Aristotle will say that we have eistasis or perception of particulars, which means not just that we sense them, but that we grasp them as what they are, as individual things, as having certain properties and qualities, and having, you might say, a certain kind of importance or lack of importance, relevance would be another way to talk about it. When we're talking about ethics, a lot of ethics boils down to what we do in particular contexts, in individual situations. And so eistasis is important for that. Eistasis also is involved in the perception of what we call moral qualities, 
We perceive things as good or bad, just or unjust, pleasurable or painful, right or wrong, noble or base, you know, useful or harmful. We also infer things about them. Aristotle thinks that we have a more direct way of connecting with things in the world that way. So that could be a motivator, that could produce actions, possibly. All three of these are options that a person, Aristotle thinks, might take. He will say that isthesis doesn't by itself produce any actions. Why not? Well, because the actions that it does tend to produce are just stimulus response. They're not proxies. They're not distinctively human actions. And so he's not going to talk about it much at that point anymore. So it really comes down to intellect or affectivity. And so Aristotle now is going to turn to discussing something else. He's bringing another thing into the, the situation. That is proeresis, the word that we translate by choice, moral choice, deliberative choice. We have a video specifically on that as well. Aristotle says that the cause of human actions is choice. So we need to look at how choice works. Now, keep in mind that Aristotle says that choice is a subclass of the voluntary, the things that people willingly do, right? So it's not everything that we consider an action. You know, for example, if I sneeze, that's not a voluntary action. Although I suppose if I take snuff or something to make myself sneeze, then in a certain respect, it is a voluntary action. Aristotle's interest in what causes choice. He says that... Choice itself is a cause for actions, not in the sense of final causality of being the end, the ultimate goal that's being aimed at, but the efficient cause, that which gets the ball rolling, that which pushes it this way rather than that way, that which for choice says this rather than this. So what causes choice then? Aristotle says that choice is caused by three things, caused by desire, orexis, caused by reason or reasoning, logos, which is a, a matter of news or dianoic, right? And by end that's intended, the who henica. Doesn't use the word telos there, just says that on account of which. That's what who henica really means. That the, the reason why I'm doing this, right? So all three of these go into that. Aristotle then observes thought never moves anything by itself. So thought can play an important role. But thought itself is not the originator for action. It doesn't produce choice by itself. Instead, he says it's only thought that's directed to an end, dealing with things of action that can make things happen. Thought by itself doesn't do anything. Thought connected together with other matters, other concerns, given a wider scope, you might say, that's what actually can lead to action. Now, Desire, or araxis, affectivity, is concerned with the end. Desire does move us. So in certain senses, I don't want to say that desire is actually more foundational than thought, because they're actually going hand in hand with each other in human agents. But desire cannot be left out of the picture. We cannot have a purely intellectualist, as we say, account of human motivation action, and ethics, not if we want to understand what Aristotle is saying here. So another thing to point out, too, here is that Aristotle tells us a few other things about choice that are relevant. He says, choice may be called either thought related to desire or desire related to thought. Not, not the best translation there of orectikos nous or orexis dianoetike. Another way of thinking about this is choice, 
is where this modifies this and this modifies this, or where the two of them actually come together either in harmonious integration or perhaps jarring with each other. Choice is the juncture where that happens for human beings. And since choice produces action, which of these produces actions and practical truth? It's not an exclusive thing where only one of them does it. As a matter of fact, all three of them figure in there. These two have a more basic role, Aristotle's saying, but Isasis itself provides some of the basic building blocks or information that's needed. And when people are engaging in actions, which can be measured in terms of practical truth, right? Not only with the principle being correct, but the desire being correct, it seems like affectivity or desire really plays an absolutely central role in Aristotle's theory of action. Special thanks to all of my Patreon supporters for making this podcast possible. You can find me on Twitter at Philosopher70, on YouTube at the Gregory B. Sadler channel, and on Facebook on the Gregory B. Sadler page. Once again, to support my work, go to patreon.com Sadler. Above all, keep studying these great philosophical works.